Iron deficiency with or without anemia can impair muscle function and limit your work capacity, meaning you're going to start feeling fatigued sooner if you are have if you've low iron, okay? Um, so if you're exercising a lot, especially if you're an endurance athlete, iron really plays a role. Um, iron is critical mineral needed for hemoglobin and myoglobin structure and carrying oxygenated blood to our muscles while we exercise. Kind of an important thing if you're going to be exercising, you need that oxygenated blood. Um, and so we don't want you to be feeling tired all the time during the workout or kind of bonking. Um, also training at high altitudes, foot strike hemolysis, meaning if you are running a lot, you can actually rupture your red blood cells um, when you strike the ground with running. Um, that can lower your iron. Injury can negatively impact iron levels. Also, some athletes in intense training may have increased iron losses in their sweat, urine, feces, and intravascular hemolysis. So athletes at greatest risk include distance runners, vegetarian or vegan athletes, and regular blood donors, and of course, bariatric athletes as well. Hi, welcome to the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Terrapelli, a bariatric sports dietitian, and I help post-bariatric clients achieve their fitness goals through better nutrition and addressing the problems that come from typical bariatric and sports nutrition advice that just don't work for an active bariatric lifestyle. Welcome to episode 25 of the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Terrapelli, bariatric sports dietitian. Today, I want to dive into micronutrients, vitamin and minerals that are of interest to you, both as a bariatric client, but also as an active individual. I want you to understand which vitamins and minerals are of higher risk of deficiency for a bariatric patient, but also how they can impact your results as you aim to increase muscle mass or train for specific endurance events. Today, we're going to chat about bariatric multivitamins, iron, vitamin B12, calcium, and vitamin D. So let's dive in. So as you're already aware, as a bariatric patient, um, it's required that you take vitamins and minerals daily for life after surgery, no matter which surgery you had. And I know that you've probably heard that many times from your surgical center, or if you've worked with a bariatric dietitian there, there is no finish line that you cross down the road where you get to say like, oh, I don't have to take these anymore. So if anyone ever advises you that you don't have to take them for life, I would definitely uh, maybe consider talking to someone else because you really do need these because we have changed your body, right? We've changed your body permanently after bariatric surgery, both in how nutrients are absorbed and the overall amount of nutrition that your body can take in. So a lot of times, um, patients will start taking these vitamins and minerals even before you've had your surgery. So it depends on each person's surgical center. I know where I worked, um, we would require our patients to begin taking these before the surgery so that your levels would uh, be higher as you go into the surgery versus having deficiencies going into the surgery. So we would test as well as begin supplementation. But of course, that's going to be individualized based on your surgical center. So always ask your surgical center what they would like for you to do. Um, now, as we talk today in this episode, I am going to be using the guidelines that are provided by the ASMBS, which is the American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery. But as always, please, please refer to your surgical center guidelines for your personal recommendations for your vitamin and mineral uh, recommendations. So why are you at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies after bariatric surgery? 
So depending upon which surgery you had, we are changing the way your body metabolizes nutrition. In the Roux-en-Y gastric bypass or the biliopancreatic diversion with duodenal switch, there's decreased interaction with intestinal absorptive surface area, leading to reduced time for nutrient and enzyme interaction and decreased ability for nutrients to be absorbed. If you've had the sleeve gastrectomy, the reduced acid secretion can impact the ability to break down vitamins and minerals, particularly vitamin B12 and iron. Overall, food intake is reduced due to smaller stomach capacity, reducing overall intake of nutrients. So that's another reason that you might be at risk for vitamin or mineral deficiency after bariatric surgery. And then, of course, some folks just might develop food intolerances that further limit food choices. Um, For example, if after surgery you don't like red meat or perhaps you develop lactose intolerance after like the gastric bypass surgery, this might limit, um, you know, your ability to consume foods that are rich in calcium and vitamin D, for example because they're found in uh, dairy foods. Um, And also, many bariatric patients already have pre-existing nutritional deficiencies uh, before the surgery, and this can be due to prior nutritional habits, chronic inflammation, or hyperparathyroidism. In fact, research has suggested that in pre-bariatric surgery patients, the prevalence of deficiency of vitamin D is up to 90%, iron 45%, folic acid 54% and vitamin B12 up to 18% uh, prevalence of deficiency. So that's even before you've had your surgery. So again, if you're already coming into surgery with deficiencies, then it runs your risk of, you know, of course, continuing that after the surgery if you're not going to supplement to uh, replace those levels. As an active individual, exercise stresses many of the metabolic pathways in which micronutrients are required, and training may result in muscle biochemical adaptations that increase the need for some micronutrients, specifically calcium, vitamin D, and iron. And so as we talk today, I really want to put the spin more on not just why do we need to be taking bariatric vitamin and minerals, but how do they impact your ability to then, if after the surgery you decide you want to gain muscle or you're wanting to start training for endurance events, why are these vitamins and minerals even more critical for you? So today, we're going to kind of put a more spin and focus on why these are even more important for someone that's an active bariatric client um, after surgery. Another uh, person that might be even at higher risk is going to be a vegan or a vegetarian uh, bariatric athlete because your diet overall will be lower likely in vitamin B12, riboflavin, calcium, vitamin D, and iron. Um, And in fact, I did a full episode on vegan vegan and vegetarian, uh, bariatric athlete nutrition, um, plant-based protein sources. And that was episode nine of the Active Bariatric Nutrition Podcast. So if you are, you know, you eat more of a vegan or vegetarian diet, highly recommend go back, listen to episode nine, because I go through a lot of the nutrients of interest for those diets or for that diet specifically and food sources to make sure that you are getting those nutrient needs met. So how do we prevent or minimize vitamin and mineral deficiencies for life after bariatric surgery? Well, it's an easy answer. We supplement daily with the correct dosages of these micronutrients and we get our labs drawn annually for life. So one thing I always tell my clients when I'm working with them is, you know, we go over when we first start, what are your vitamin and mineral supplements? You know, when are you taking them? What's the dosage and the timing? When did you last have your labs drawn? Because I will get clients that are, you know, several years out that haven't had a lab drawn since maybe the last time they saw their surgical center, which might have been at one year post-op. So something that I always just reiterate is be an advocate for yourself. If your surgical center, for example, no longer will order your vitamin and mineral labs, maybe they've discharged you after one or two years post-op, 
Be an advocate for yourself. Get the list of labs that they have run and take them to your primary care because your primary care doctor then should be ordering these labs annually for life. So let's start talking about these supplements, which ones are important. Um, And we're going to be talking about the specific vitamins and minerals that are of interest to you as an active bariatric individual. So let's start off with bariatric multivitamins. The ASMBS has recommended that bariatric patients should take a multivitamin that contains trace minerals, including selenium and magnesium, and that they receive 100 to 200% of the daily value for all B vitamins or an optional B50 complex daily. Now, what's been cool is since I've been working in bariatrics and I've been working with bariatric clients for the last 16 years, I would say in the last decade or so, we've really seen an explosion of bariatric multivitamins. And what are those? So for example, if we're thinking of a standard multivitamin, right, like a you know Centrum or something that you can buy over the counter at the store, bariatric multivitamins, these are formulated to have higher amounts of all the vitamins and minerals that you need need more of as a bariatric patient. And so what's cool about a bariatric formulated multi is that they have higher amounts of the vitamins that you need more of already. And so this then allows you to not have to take so many other individual nutrients. Now, of course, your surgical center may recommend taking a standard adult multi. They may just say that you have to take two of those a day and then supplement with separate vitamins and minerals to round out your needs. Um, but I think a lot of surgical centers around uh, the country, around the world have started you know, looking more at using these because it makes it easier for patients to be compliant. And it doesn't matter if you are not reminding yourself to take these or you can't figure out a way to take these. If you can't take them, then we have a problem, right? And so we have to figure out a way to meet your needs every day. And so what's cool about the bariatric multis is that generally speaking, they have higher levels of the nutrients already in them. And therefore, you don't have to take so many. It's easier to remember, right? So less less vitamins in a day is always a good thing. So each brand is going to have different formulations and dosing. So I just want to remind you for a bariatric multivitamin, they are not all created either. Okay, so some may have higher amounts of iron in them. Uh, Some may have higher amounts of vitamin B1, B12, vitamin D, vitamin A. Um, So you want to compare those because I, I can tell you that just in looking at uh, the top brands across the board, um, they will have varying amounts of these nutrients. And so especially for you, you want to make sure that, for example, if you don't need as much iron, uh, maybe you can find one that has the lower amount of iron in it. Okay, so I'll go over that here in just a second. But depending upon your uh, gender, your age, if you're menstruating or not, your your iron status, meaning are you at a normal range already or are you low, you may need to take more or less iron. And so what's great about these bariatric vitamins now um, is that the bariatric multivitamin, I should say, is that the brands now have different amounts of iron. So there's iron-free options. There's bariatric multivitamins with 18 milligrams, with 36 milligrams, and with 45 milligrams, and even up to 60 milligrams of iron. So um, brands that I have personally worked with, I've worked with ProCare, I've worked with Bariatric Advantage, I've worked with Celebrate, and I really like their options for bariatric multis because they come in chewable options with different flavors. They come in capsule options. Um, They also will give you one a day option versus a two per day or even a three or four per day option. So again, what's most important is finding what works best for you. 
what do you tolerate, right? What flavor do you like if you want to do a chewable, you know? Where are you out after the surgery? Some patients' uh, surgical centers will require that they start with a chewable. That's going to be based on your uh, personal, you know, surgical center. But what ASMBS recommends is just finding an option that you tolerate, whether that's chewable, capsule, tablet, or powder. Most important is that you are taking it. Okay. So again, always look at the label, take a look at what it includes, take a look at the dosing, how many is required per day to get the nutrients in there that's on the label. So let's talk also about timing of your multivitamins. So what I have found in the many years that I've worked with bariatric clients is that usually a multivitamin goes better when we eat it with food, um, whether it's with the meal, after the meal. And that is because what I have found is that patients oftentimes will complain of nausea on an empty stomach. And so I've worked with lots of different strategies with clients to figure out a way to get it in um, where they're not having that nausea or upset stomach. Um, and then in addition, when we take it with food, vitamins A, D, E, and K, which are fat soluble, they will be better absorbed with food that contains fat. Iron also tends to be better uh, tolerated when taken with food. So timing of your multivitamin in general, I would say I have had uh, success with my clients. Um, that I've worked with over the years, usually taking it maybe after their meal, uh, just so that they have some food on their stomach. Um, other strategies that have worked. Um, so for example, taking after the breakfast rather than before, uh, moving it to later in the afternoon. You don't have to take your multivitamin right when you wake up, okay? Um, and we're going to talk about why, especially if it interacts with your calcium. Uh, taking it later in the day might be better for you for tolerance, but also in timing it with your calcium. Remember that if your multivitamin does contain iron, it is best to separate it from your calcium by at least two hours to prevent the interaction of calcium and iron and decreasing iron absorption. So calcium and iron try to both basically go in through the same door, think of it that way, and your body is going to take in the calcium before it takes in the iron. And so if you do take calcium and iron at the same time, you're not going to absorb all that iron, and that can lead to a deficiency over time of iron. So again, if you are going to be taking a bariatric multi that contains the iron where you're not taking iron separately, it does need to be separated by two hours from your calcium. Um, and so, and then the other strategy I would say is because now these brands have the bariatric multivitamins that are one a day, which are awesome because yeah, it's just one a day. You get to knock that out. Um, unfortunately, because it's a lot of vitamins and minerals coming in at once, that does also increase your risk of nausea. And so what I have had some folks do is when they don't tolerate the one a day options, we try the two a day, uh, we go to a chewable, um, and we, or if you've been taking a chewable and that flavor is bothering you, we could switch to a capsule, you might do better with uh, moving it to two or three in a day so that the dosing is spread out. So those are some strategies um, that can help you to um, basically get in the bariatric multivitamin. So remember, those are daily for life. Um, again, I would look at the brands, the labels, compare uh, to see what you know might suit you best. Now, let's get into some other micronutrients of interest as an active bariatric individual, iron. Okay. Iron deficiency with or without anemia can impair muscle function and limit your work capacity, meaning you're going to start feeling fatigued sooner if you are have if you've low iron. Okay. Um, so if you're exercising a lot, especially if you're an endurance athlete, iron really plays a role. Um, iron is critical mineral needed for hemoglobin and myoglobin structure and carrying oxygenated blood to our muscles while we exercise. Kind of an important thing if you're going to be exercising, you need that oxygenated blood. Um, and so we don't want you to be 
be feeling tired all the time during the workout or kind of bonking. Um, also training at high altitudes, foot strike hemolysis, meaning if you are running a lot, you can actually rupture your red blood cells um, when you strike the ground with running. Um, that can lower your iron. Injury can negatively impact iron levels. Also, some athletes in intense training may have increased iron losses in their sweat, urine, feces, and intravascular hemolysis. So athletes at greatest risk include distance runners, vegetarian or vegan athletes, and regular blood donors, and of course, bariatric athletes as well. So what are the supplement recommendations for iron as a bariatric patient? So post-weight loss surgery uh, patients are at risk or at lower risk for iron deficiency. Um, those that are at lower risk include males um, and patients without a previous deficiency. So in those cases, um, typically 18 milligrams per day of iron will meet your needs. Again, this is going to be highly individualized. And I want to just say, listen to your surgical center. But if you are a male or you have no history of any iron deficiencies, you may be okay with 18 milligrams per day of iron. Um, after bariatric surgery. Menstruating females and those who have had the sleeve gastrectomy, Roux-en-Y, or biliopancreatic diversion, duodenal switch, uh, 45 to 60 milligrams per day. Um, as a reminder, we want to make sure we're taking two hours apart any iron supplement from your calcium supplements or calcium-rich foods, and also acid-reducing medications and any coffee or tea. All of those will reduce the absorption of iron. So you want to make sure that you're taking your iron at least two, hour apart, two hours apart from those um, you know, supplements or uh, beverages or medications, I should say, as well. Another thing that's going to help with increasing your iron is going to be taking iron with vitamin C. So if you are told down the road that you um, have low iron, um, a strategy to help with increasing your iron absorption is pairing it with vitamin C, whether that is drinking it with some orange juice, whether taking your iron, um, you know, with, uh, like I said, something to drink like orange juice has high vitamin C content or taking an actual vitamin C supplement with it. Um, you'll even see that some of the iron supplements out there have vitamin C also with it. Um, also, when you're eating pairing your iron-rich foods like your meats with vegetables or fruits that have vitamin C. Okay, that can help increase iron absorption. Um, just as a reminder, food sources that are high in iron, meat, seafood, nuts, beans and lentils, liver, fortified cereals, spinach, and peas. Those are just some examples of foods that are rich in iron. So if you've been told, you know, whether it's now or down the road that you're low in iron, those are some foods that you can incorporate into your intake that will you know, help you just through food, uh, increase your iron. But again, if you are low in iron, that is something that I would highly recommend that you address with your doctor because supplementing with iron, getting that level back up is going to make you feel so much better in your workouts. Um, you'll have more energy, you'll recover better as well. Now, another uh, nutrient of interest is vitamin B12. So let's talk about that. So vitamin B12 is a B vitamin. It's water soluble and it is essential for red blood cell formation, neural function, and DNA formation. B12 absorption requires hydrochloric acid and intrinsic factor, both of which are secreted in your parietal cells in the stomach. So think about if you've had bariatric surgery, if you've had the sleeve, which removes, you know, about 
80% of your stomach, those parietal cells are part of the stomach that's coming out, right? So right there, we're reducing the amount of intrinsic factor um, and hydrochloric acid that's secreted when you have the sleeve. But even if you have the gastric bypass or the duodenal switch, um, this also will reduce the time um, that your that the vitamin B12 can interact with these chemicals. And so that also will reduce the ability of B12 to be cleaved off and be absorbed in the small intestine. So again, no matter which of your bariatric surgeries, B12 is one that certainly um, you are going to be at a higher risk of deficiency for if you are not supplementing. Um, another person that would be at higher risk is, again, going to be a vegan or a vegetarian because most of B12 food sources are animal-based sources. So if you are following a B12, or excuse me, a, a vegan or a vegetarian diet, um, we have to make sure you're definitely supplementing with your B12, okay? Um, and again, if you're wanting to know what plant-based sources have B12, uh, go back and listen to episode nine. I cover all of those um, nutrients of interest for vegetarian or vegan diets in that episode. Um, and so just as a reminder, if you do have low B12, some of your signs and symptoms, you're going to just, again, you're going to feel fatigued. You're going to be tired in your workouts, not recover as well. Those are some cues that like something might be off. Okay. Um, so what are the recommended dosage for B12? The dosage by ASMBS is 350 to 500 micrograms per day. That can come in the form of oral, tablet, sublingual, liquid, or nasal. Um, intramuscular can be, um, you know, provided by a doctor if they feel that that would be a a more rapid route to replete the level. Food sources of B12 include fish, meat, poultry, eggs, dairy, and fortified cereals and grains. So B12, I want to just reiterate, super important. Um, if you are a bariatric athlete, vitamin B12, because you're at higher risk already of having a deficiency um, after bariatric surgery, we really want to make sure we're staying on top of our supplements. The good news is, is in most of the bariatric multivitamins out there, they typically contain at least 500 to 1,000 micrograms in the bariatric multivitamin of B12. So most of the time, folks can take that. Um, but if you, are, if you do develop a deficiency, certainly supplementing separately uh, can be a strategy. So the last two I want to talk about today is calcium and vitamin D. Now, just like iron and vitamin C are friends, right? They help each other. Calcium and vitamin D work together, okay? Calcium is an important mineral involved in bone and tooth formation, muscle contraction, nerve conduction, normal blood clotting, and hormonal secretion. So as you can see, calcium plays a lot of really important roles, and especially as an athlete, Obviously, we do not want to develop any kind of stress fractures, um, muscle contraction issues if we are running low in, in calcium. Uh, vitamin D is an essential fat-soluble uh, micronutrient that is needed for calcium metabolism, bone health, and immune function. If you're low in vitamin D, calcium and phosphorus absorption is decreased. So vitamin D is really important for both calcium and phosphorus um, absorption, and those all play roles in your bone. Um, and what's really exciting is there's lots of emerging studies on vitamin D, um, your vitamin D status and its relationship to injury prevention, reduced inflammation in the body, um, and decreased risk of stress fractures if we can get that vitamin D level into the normal ranges. So what are the dosing recommendations for a bariatric patient for these uh, vitamins and minerals? Uh, for calcium, the dosing recommendation is 1,200 to 1,500 milligrams per day. 
Um, and that would be for the sleeve or the Ruin Y. If you've had a biliopancreatic diversion with duodenal switch, the recommended dosage is 1,800 to 2,400 milligrams per day. Now, guys, typically it is recommended that you divide these doses into at least two to three doses per day. And the reason is your body typically only absorbs about five to 600 milligrams of calcium at a time. So you do want to try to separate these doses so that you get all of those, you know, five to 600 milligrams at a time when you're taking it. Um, and because we have to separate these doses, how much time should you wait in between calcium? About three to four hours. Okay. So, and then I'll just remind you, make sure that you're separating that calcium from any supplement that contains iron. Okay. Cause we don't want to impact the iron absorption. So I know I'm shouting out all these numbers and timing and it's like, how does this work in real life? So let's talk about a sample schedule. Okay. So when I work with my clients, one of the first things we do is we look at what are the timing and the dosing um, of your supplements. Let's make sure we knock these out so that we're getting them all in in the right amount of time. So for example, what a lot of folks will do is if you are taking, you know, let's say we're taking our 1500 milligrams of calcium, um, they will take their 500 milligrams at breakfast, lunch, and dinner because most people will separate their meals by about three to four hours. So if you take your calcium at breakfast, lunch, dinner, then for example, a sample uh, schedule could be you wait two hours after dinner and you take your multivitamin that contains iron at bedtime. Um, that would be fine. Or alternatively, I've had people that will take their calcium at breakfast, their calcium at lunch, wait two hours, take their multivitamin mid-afternoon, and then again, waiting at least two hours before they would take their dinner calcium. So as long as we're separating that calcium and the supplement that contains iron by two hours, you can kind of fit that multivitamin in, whether it's midday or at nighttime. I just, again, as to reiterate from earlier, I typically find that that multi with iron is, is better tolerated when we have it later in the day or with food. So that's a typical schedule that could work for you um, in a way that would separate this out um, to make this, you know, uh, something that you can implement. Um, I'll just remind you that some food sources of calcium include dairy, soy milk, edamame, kale, spinach, collard greens, almonds, tofu, and sardines. And then let's talk about vitamin D dosing. Um, vitamin D recommendations um, by ASMBS for all surgical procedures is at least 3,000 IUs per day. Um, most of the bariatric multivitamins will contain about two to 3,000 IUs of vitamin D. And then also typically your calcium supplements will also contain vitamin D in the supplement itself. So usually you'll get about 1500 I use in your uh, calcium. And so again, I'll reiterate the recommended dosing for D is at least 3000 I use per day of vitamin D. Remember that in the winter months too, you guys, because sunlight is a source of vitamin D production. So when we have sunlight hits our skin, that stimulates production of vitamin D inside the body. In the winter months, we are at higher risk of deficiency. And here in the States right now, we're just coming out of winter. So if you haven't had your vitamin D lab tested recently, I would uh, make sure that you have that tested um, so that we can get the vitamin D level up. As we get into the summer months, it is, you know, a little bit easier because that sunlight uh, on our skin does help us increase our natural production of vitamin D. But what are some food sources as well of vitamin D? Um, they include egg yolks, fatty fish, liver, sunlight, of course, and fortified uh, like juices, for example. So 
I wanted to touch on these today, you guys, because again, I normally come on here and I'm talking about carbs and protein and the timing of your meals around your workouts. But I think that oftentimes we forget the importance that these micronutrients play in energy metabolism, in function of our muscles contracting, our bone health. And these are the things that move our body and propel our body, right? And if you want to gain muscle or if you're training for endurance events, if you have low iron or B12, you're going to be fatiguing, which means you're not going to be able to get through those workouts as easily, see the times that you're wanting. And so I just wanted to remind you that these play an equally important role as does your, you know, your overall calories and your, your carbs and your protein, your fat intake. So these micronutrients specifically, and there's others, I didn't want to get into every single one today, but in addition to these, I would say vitamin B1 is important for bariatric patients, uh, copper, zinc, magnesium as well, vitamin A, uh, folic acid. Those are other nutrients. And again, those are typically all going to be found in your bariatric multivitamin. So I want to reiterate the importance of finding a schedule that works for you, okay? Finding supplements that you tolerate well, the timing that works for you. If you ever have questions on any of these, please don't hesitate to send me a message. I'd be happy to, you know, uh, give you some feedback there. And again, I always defer to your surgical center's guidelines Your uh, based on your surgery, when you had it, your lab values. Uh, those all should be typically regulated or, or uh, recommended by your surgical center. Certainly follow up with them if, if you're kind of wondering what you're supposed to be doing. Um, and then, like I said, if you ever have questions, let me know. I'd be happy to answer that. But as a summary... As an active bariatric individual, micronutrients play a huge role in your ability to exercise at the level that you want and to see the results that you want. So again, make sure that these are part of your schedule. Be an advocate for yourself. Make sure that you are having your labs drawn annually for life, okay? For life, not don't go five years without having labs drawn. Make sure that you're having these drawn annually for life. And if your surgical center will not order them, highly recommend that you get that list of labs and take them to your primary care so that he or she can order those um, every year. So I hope today's episode was helpful. Um, and I just thank you again for joining me as you always do each week. Um, as a reminder, you can watch the full video of this podcast episode on my YouTube channel, the Active Bariatric Nutrition Channel. So make sure to subscribe to it, give it a like. And also, if you wouldn't mind, just please share this podcast with anyone that you think might find this helpful. That's how we can spread this um, information, um, get it out in front of the most amount of people and help as many as we can. That's the whole goal of this podcast. Um, if you don't mind subscribing, to the podcast, giving a rating and review again also allows it to be seen by more people. Um, and also, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram. My, my handle is Active Bariatric, as well as on my Facebook and TikTok channels. Um, if you'd like to learn more about my one to one bariatric nutrition coaching services, please go to my website, ActiveBariatricNutrition.com, and you can schedule a free discovery call so we can learn more about each other. So again, thank you so much for your time this week. And guess what? We'll do this again next week. Take care.